Welcome, conversations that highlight fascinating ways people are impacting the lives of those who are vulnerable. Impact Conversations with Don Mansky. This Impact Conversation is brought to you by Made for Freedom, the social enterprise with products made by survivors of human trafficking and marginalization. Made for Freedom is fighting human trafficking with style. Welcome to this Impact Conversation. Over the past several years, I have had the opportunity to go to multiple conferences across the country, and I meet some incredible people doing fascinating things as they help empower marginalized populations, alleviate poverty, prevent human trafficking, and come alongside some of the most vulnerable people in our world. I'm Don Mansky, and our conversation today is with Joanne Alicia. Joanne is a senior compliance officer at J.P. Morgan Chase and has over 10 years regulatory compliance fraud and anti-money laundering and risk experience. She has received commendations for excellence in investigative work from the U.S. Secret Service and Homeland Security Investigations for assisting in domestic and international fraud and money laundering cases. I met Joanne at a conference in Chicago a couple of years ago and was intrigued as she explained the connection between financial crimes and human trafficking. Joanne, welcome to this Impact Conversation. Dawn, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative to you for this opportunity and to speak to the global audience on the fighting the horrific crime of human trafficking. Well, it is good to have you. And I'm so excited to just share with people what you're doing and, you know, this aspect of human trafficking that most of us don't think about. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved in this area. Sure, definitely. Well, um, in 2010, I was working as a senior risk analyst in a money services businesses that dealt in prepaid cards. So one day I'm sitting at my desk and my job was to analyze the risk, financial crimes for this company, and to make sure that I was stopping all illicit activity. So I thought in my little space, in my little cubicle, that I had everything under control. I thought that there was not anything that was being used on our prepaid Visa MasterCards in any illicit fashion that I was not aware of. So one day I'm sitting at my desk and I get an email from another colleague at a bank and she had marked one of our MasterCards for human trafficking. And that stopped me like dead in my tracks because I knew the term human trafficking, but I wasn't really educated to human trafficking. So what had happened was we had had a customer who at that time had multi-activity um, where he was spending um, small dollar amounts on Craigslist, but it was a lot of Craigslist ad spends. It was, oh. I would say, probably, right, probably in a month time, I think he must have had like between 50, maybe to 100 activity spends on Craigslist. So that's what caught our eye. And then she had um, flagged the card and I had looked at it and that started my education onto how human trafficking is a financial crime issue how people use their, their bank accounts, their Visa, MasterCards, et cetera, to actually uh, either sell a human online or buy a human online. So since then, well, you've, I read about you lobbying 
and trying to encourage the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network to consider an update on SAR. So can you explain a little bit more about what this report is and who uses it? Definitely. Well, for seven years, I lobbied the United States Treasury Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, known as FinCEN, to update what we call the Suspicious Activity Report, known as the Czar, for a human trafficking checkbox. So let me explain. So whenever we analyze or investigate um, bank accounts, as I stated, Visa, MasterCards, any illicit activity, Bitcoins, cryptocurrency, et cetera, um, we follow the money. We could be following the money for fraud, for elder financial exploitation, um, money laundering. But the challenge I found back in 2010 when I started getting educated to human trafficking was when I wanted to report the suspicious activity to the U.S. government, to FinCEN, through the czar process, I ran a, through a roadblock. And why? Because the czar didn't recognize the horrific crime of human trafficking. So wow. on our forum, we have check boxes that we check on the on the form for um, any, you know, like terrorist financing, for example. We have a box for terrorist financing. We have a box for elder financial exploitation. Uh, we have fraud boxes, but we had no box for human trafficking. So think of 2010 back then, think of the culture. Not right. many people were educated to human trafficking like it is today. Today, it's much more progressive. So that's when I came up with a simple idea of why not? Why don't we update the, the FinCEN's are for a human trafficking checkbox? So that started my lobby work um, in 2011, where I had no idea what I was doing. But all <laughs> I knew that I was on a mission to get this done. And I really... I just thought it was plain common sense that FinCEN would want to update the czar for human trafficking. To me, this was a no-brainer. This was just a simpler request. Right. And it would be helping, you know, save so many women and children across the world, men in modern-day slavery. So why wouldn't they simply want to do that? But I soon found out it was not going to be that easy because it took me seven years of lobby work in order to get it done. And I really didn't know where to start. I just started writing articles and thankfully um, people were recognizing my passion for the issue and in, in our industry and financial mm-hmm. crimes. And they were jumping on board, like just like they weren't preventing me, but they were allowing me to have a voice, which I really, really appreciated. So I wrote in 2011, I believe it was published or 2012, $5 to ruin the life of children and women internet ad sites used to launder money and promoting prostitution, human trafficking. So that way it was my first article that was published by ACAMS where I I didn't want to just write an article of facts. I wanted to write an article of action. So Mm. that's when I I first wrote about uh, updating the FinCEN SAR through the U.S. Treasury, mind you, the suspicious activity reports are for a human trafficking checkbox. So it was met, it was well received, but with crickets, <laughs> like no action, <laughs> nothing, just it's an article and that was it. So after I wrote my article, I continued my lobby work and a colleague, uh, actually a senior agent in the Department of Homeland Security, he knew of what I was trying to do and he supported the work. So he said he was going to reach out to colleagues in his world that were working at Finson at the time to find out what would it take for Finson's update the czar for human trafficking. So he found out and he got back to me. He said, Joanne, it's an act of Congress. 
in order for you to update the fencing czar for human trafficking, you're going to have to go through Congress because any change to the czar is, is a congressional approval. Wow. So I thought, okay, well, then to Congress I go. So that started my step into um, the political world of trying to lobby and raise just awareness, just simple awareness of updating the U.S. Treasury fencing czar for human trafficking. Oh my goodness. So in 2017, it passed? Well, what happened was I, I went to an event in Houston, Texas. And at the event, it was held by law enforcement with Congressman Ted Poe. And Congressman Ted Poe was a speaker um, at the event. And it was my, I believe it was one of my very first human trafficking education events. I was so excited to go. I had no expectations, but I was just really like very excited to be among people who thought the same as I do. Right. So at the end of this conference, I had no plans, nothing. I just went and I see Congressman Poe standing there by himself. And I thought, wow, let me go talk to Congressman Ted Poe about my idea to update the fence since our checkbox for human trafficking. So I went up to Congressman Capote. Keep in mind, I had like no more than 60 seconds to speak to this congressman. And this is my first time speaking to a political official. Right. So I had like, this, this is just pure genuine me going up to him. <laughs> and I explained to him who I was, you know, that I was a senior risk analyst working in a financial institution. Um, what I was trying to do that I was, I was trying to get the U.S. Treasury Fence and Suspicious Activity Report updated for human trafficking. And thankfully, he seemed to have a little knowledge of what, I, of, of what I'm speaking to him about. So Congressman Poe's words to me were exactly this. Great idea. Follow the money. And wow. that to me was amazing. It was so amazing to me that he, he gave me such great positivity in his feedback. Mm. So uh, after that, I got in touch with his office and they put me in touch with his senior legislator in Washington, D.C., and I worked with his, his, Blair is her name, and I worked with Blair. It took like a while to get that going. Honestly, it took like a year, but I didn't give up. Like I, I would just keep, you know, not pushy, but just generally just checking in every now and then because I knew that at the end of the day, human trafficking is such a horrific crime that it would speak for itself, that right. it would not be the force of my personality, but it would be human trafficking on its own, the right thing to do, the justice way to go, that the Finsons are should be recognized for the horrific crime uh, that is human trafficking. So after a year of checking in and out, I knew that in Congress, the culture was changing towards a lot of noise around human trafficking. So Blair in DC got back to me um, and then she started to move forward with how do we get this done? And so what happened was Congressman Ted Poe, keep in mind, who was a Republican, he's now retired from Congress. Mm -hmm. um, he got together with Congresswoman Maloney out of New York, who is a Democrat. And they agreed to draft a letter to Finson calling on Finson to update the czar for human trafficking. So at that time, in between my first article and working with Congressman Poe's office to get this done, I, when I was working at that company, um, our compliance attorney at the office got an email from Fenton that they were looking for writers to write for the 23rd edition of the SAR Activity Review Trends, Tips, and Issues, which mm. at that time was a Fenton publication. And they would write about all kinds of stats that were coming from the SARs at that time. So the attorney, 
he reached out to me. He forwarded me the email if I would like to write for Finson. And I thought, oh, yes, I would. I want to write about updating the Finson's off for human trafficking. <laughs> I have a so topic I that I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it actually happened in 2013. My article, I believe it was 2013, my article was published by Finson. Seriously. In the 23rd edition, yes, in the 23rd edition of Bizarre Activity Review Trends, Tips, and Issues, exactly titled A Fence and Star Checkbox for Human Trafficking by Joanne Alicia. Oh, that fabulous. article caused, yes, that was such a huge breakthrough for me to actually have the U.S. Treasury fence and publish an article that I was writing calling on the czar to be updated for human trafficking. So, that was a force of nature in itself because it gave, gave me um, validity to what mm. I was trying to do, that mm -hmm. the U.S. government, Finson itself, would recognize a call to update the Czar for Human Trafficking. So all this was coming about, and I was able to take it to Blair and show her, look, the, my article published by Finson. So what happened was when we when we all agreed that the draft to Finson on behalf of Congressman Poe and Congresswoman Maloney would move forward, um, they sent me a draft. And I, it was like a few lines. And I was like, no. I was like, no. <laughs> I sent it back. And I said, look at my article published by Finson in the 23rd edition of the Czar TV Review. Write according to my article. So then nice. they came back with another draft. It was perfect. It oh. was strong. It was perfect. It was to the point. It was really, really awesome. So that that letter um, signed by Congressman Poe and Congresswoman Maloney went to Finson. So I waited and then I didn't hear back from Blair. So I was like, Blair, I emailed Blair. I was like, what's going on? And she was like, Joanne, I don't know. I haven't heard from Finson. But she said, I will make sure that I find out what's going on. So Blair reached out to Finson, which remember, here is a letter from a congressman asking you to update this off for human trafficking, but we got crickets, like silence back from you. Mm -hmm. So when Blair, now keep in mind, Blair is on the political side. She's not in my industry. They were really trusting my vision. You know right. what I mean? As a financial professional, financial crime professional to help them through this. So Blair on her own got on the phone with Finson and they were telling her, um, well, you know, why they didn't, they didn't think, they, their answer was no. They were, even though Congressman called <laughs> sent a letter asking to update this offer for human trafficking, they were not going to do it. Yeah, well, and they were often, not going to do it. Often that's what crickets means. <laughs> like, yeah. When the response is crickets, it usually is, they don't want to say I no, but. Yeah, I was really shocked by that, honestly, because, in, uh, you know, here uh, a senior officer in Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security, right. told me to go to Congress. I did exactly what I was told to do. I went to Congress. Then we wrote a letter to from a congressman, congresswoman, asking for this to be done. To me, to me, that was set in stone. Once that letter sent, it was it should have happened, right? But it didn't. So Blair's, so Finson's, the officials that Finson spoke, that Blair spoke to at Finson, their answer was no, that they, they didn't see any reason why the czar should be updated for human trafficking checkbox. So at that point, I thought, this is, I don't know what else to do. I've done, I've gone to what I thought at the time was the highest level of the United States government in my little world. You know, I'm right. just a one person. Um, but the good news about it is at that time, I didn't know what to do, but I kept going. I, so at this time, I started um, 
on Twitter, on LinkedIn, you know what I mean? On social media, I just kept raising awareness to what I was doing. And then, um, like I met you at that conference. Mm -hmm. So I started going to conferences. I started to find to industry financial crime conferences. I went to NGO, non-government organization conferences, like really in the community Mm-hmm. of anti-human trafficking. And I started to speak at the conferences. I was doing presentations. I was giving out my business card. I was raising awareness. Um, and it, it started to get a lot of movement for me because folks that I never even knew were reaching out to me on LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, and asking me to come to the conferences and speak. So that was really a step forward in the right direction. And then I started to meet, when I went to conferences, I was meeting survivors of human trafficking. Right. That was really huge for me because I was I was meeting former victims who were now had such a powerful voice in fighting human trafficking that it it, it just helped me to be even stronger in my endeavor to, mm. to, to update the fence thought for human trafficking, which keep in mind would change the entire culture of compliance and financial crimes throughout the United States because that report is, is by law, all financial institutions, not just banks, but we're talking the money services business, the Western unions, the moneygrams, you know, the um, money services businesses that no one hears of, the little ones, the prepaid companies, all, all the whole financial industry in the U.S. when is required by law when we have illicit activity, whether it's fi- terrorist financing, elder abuse, um, money laundering, fraud, we, scam schemes. We are required to report that to the, to the U.S. government through that form. We follow the money in that form. Wow. So uh, my vision was let's change the culture of compliance for human trafficking because at that time, between 2010 to 2017, it was not really spoken about too much. Mm-hmm. But I knew once the czar would be updated for human trafficking, it would completely change the whole world in, in our industry toward the outlook of human trafficking, that people would not be afraid as much to address the issue of human trafficking. Hmm. So where did that, where did that land? Do we have okay. a box? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you I what want, happened. I want to know, mess. do we have a box? Do we have a box? <laughs> Well, what happened was, so after Fenton told Blair, Congressman Post, senior legislator in D.C., that they would not, you know, honor the request mm. from the congressman and congresswoman's letter, um, I was reaching out on social media, but there's one stone that was left unturned, and uh-huh. that was the president of the United States. Uh-huh. So at that time, I was emailing President, it was President Obama at the time, Mm-hmm. I was on whitehouse.gov. You can actually email the president with issues. Oh, there you so go. So I went to whitehouse.gov and for quite some time, I was emailing um, the drop down box for President Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama, to Vice President Joe Biden. And I, every few weeks, I would, I would reach, just copy paste my whole spiel <laughs> on what I was trying to do. And I never heard back except one day after Kenneth Vincent said no to Congressman Poe, I looked down at my iPhone and much to my shock, I get an email from Vincent thanking me on behalf of the White House for my oh. work in fighting human trafficking. No. And if I wanted to get on, yes. And if I wanted to get on a call, Vincent officials discuss updating the Vincent's are for human trafficking. Oh my yeah. goodness. 
Very oh, it took the cool. White House. It took the president, the White House, the communication department at the White House, just seeing my email to them over and over again, not giving up. Somebody took notice and they forwarded my, my, my um, request back to FinCEN officials. Oh, yes. that is fabulous. Wow. That's very yeah. cool. So yeah. That was pretty, yes. So <laughs> we, we, it took about a week. It actually took about a week. So after a week, I got on a conference call on a government line with two officials from Finson and their subject matter expert. And I thought for sure, this is the moment. We're going to have an intelligent conversation on updating the Finson Czar for human trafficking. But instead, it was a boxing match. Oh. It was like their position was no, we're not going to update this off of human trafficking. And they were, and the, uh, their subject matter expert, he was like, Who are you? He was like, I never heard of you. Yeah, like coming at me oh. like that. And I was like, Well, just check out my article published by Finson in the 23rd edition of the Czar Activity <laughs> Review. And you know what his response was? How did that get in there? No. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. So for 45 minutes, we duped it out, so to speak. On a government um, line. Yes, on a government recorded line, I'm assuming. My position was yes, the Finsons are should be updated for human trafficking. Their position was no. And then the subject matter expert, he was like, it was like good cop, bad cop. The subject mm. matter was the bad cop and the two other officials were the good cop. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe this. Like thinking to myself as we were live going through the motions of this call, I can't believe this is happening and going down like this. Right. But I hung in there and um, the subject matter expert was like, it's going to cost a million dollars to update the czar for human trafficking. So that was his response as to why the fence and czar should not be updated for human trafficking. And then the other reason was he was like, well, law enforcement hasn't asked us for it. And I said, well, law enforcement hasn't asked you for it because they don't know about it. Keep in mind, mm -hmm. I'm trying to educate folks to what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. But um, those were largely their responses. So at the end of the call, we, we were amicable. We just kindly, friendly agreed to disagree that um, my position was that the czar should be updated for human trafficking. Their position was, no, we're not going to update the czar for human trafficking, but we will agree to disagree. So that's how it ended. And then, um, yeah, so I just continued my lobby work. I continued to go around whenever I could to financial conferences. I continued to write about it on social media and raise awareness. I went to ACAMS, which is a very large um, industry um, organization in our world. And I spoke about updating the czar for human trafficking. And I was very well received there. Um, mm -hmm. I spoke on a panel. But there was a VP at a bank. He was like, we applaud you for what you're trying to do, but I don't think you're ever going to get it done. Mm. So that was really, really very, very interesting. So during the time frame of 2010 to um, 2018, mm -hmm. I had freedom. I had complete freedom of voice, of writing, of going to conferences. No one ever prevented me from doing anything. No one spoke against me, nothing. And mm. that was really such a blessing. I'm really so appreciative of that. So again, I'm sitting at my desk now at work, and then I get an email from a colleague, um, and he was like, "He's he was like Joanne, congratulations, Benson is going to update the czar for human trafficking." So this was in 2017. So when the Federal Register 
There was the FinCEN was looking to change the czar. They were looking to update the czar right. um, with cybersecurity checkboxes. Um, and then so they finally agreed to add a checkbox for human trafficking and human smuggling. So they came out in the, in the federal register, I believe it was in 2017. Yeah, or 2018. But what ended up happening in June of 2018, Vincent updates that they release a new czar form with the checkbox 38H for human trafficking. So that was really, I must have been the only one so excited about that, <laughs> but I was really very, very excited. So in June 2018, they, they released the new czar form and they gave financial institutions six months to get it oh, together. Wow. That they had six is months awesome. Yeah. They had six months from June 18th to January 2019. So in January 2019, it became mandatory that all mm. financial institutions had to, were now um, regulatory required to now use the new czar form with the checkbox for human trafficking. Oh my gosh. So do you have one of those like framed in your, <laughs> in your place? Like no, one of those forms with the little yeah. box? I follow the money all the time, every day in my position as a senior compliance officer. So I look at SAR forms every Monday through Friday, more or less. That's my job. And I see the checkbox there every, every day that I'm working. So I'm really oh. so excited about that. And I've watched, I've watched the industry change. I've watched the world change mm. towards fighting human trafficking for, to go against the injustice of human trafficking mm -hmm. against women, children, men, enforced labor, um, sexual um, trafficking, modern day slavery, pornography, child pornography. I'm now trying to raise awareness how child pornography is a human trafficking issue. And mm -hmm. as such, we should be checking the box um, on this offer from human trafficking whenever we, we follow the money for child pornography. So I've seen um, a, a culture, a complete change in, in the financial industry where people are freely speaking about fighting human trafficking. Everyone is getting on the human traf anti-human trafficking bandwagon. It's awesome. Right. There's all these right. companies popping, right? There's all these companies now popping up, you know, solely on, on fighting human trafficking through financial crimes. And it's really awesome. amazing to awesome. see. And I really believe that that is because Vincent finally updated the czar for human trafficking in June of 2018. That is incredible. Wow. Joanne, congratulations. That's, that's Thank you awesome. so much. I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy about that. And I, I, my hope now is that we in turn, when law enforcement looks at those suspicious activity reports, because keep in mind when a victim goes to court, when law enforcement arrests a trafficker and they rescue, say, you know, the victims, mm -hmm. they have to go through the court process to get justice. So the, the trafficker needs to be convicted of a, of, in a court of law of human trafficking. So to invent, how, how does law enforcement invest the ca investigate the case? You know, you have the statement of the victim. You have the statement of the trafficker. Right. So it could be a he said, she said thing. Or you have the statement of the buyer, the Johns, you know, the buyers of, of the victims. So when, when we report on these suspicious activity reports, law enforcement can now see, say, the trafficker's bank account. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And us reporting that, whoa, we're seeing cash deposits. We're seeing ads on rub bats, um, on then Backpage, which was shut down for right. human trafficking, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, they've, but traffickers have found other ways on the internet of selling humans, Right. So we find all that suspicious activity, all the cash, 
all the, the, the hotel activity, the transportation activity, the airlines, the ride shares, the car rentals, the trains, you know, all of that. We can see that being processed through their, their um, financial aspect of their lives. So right. it's, it's a huge, it's, it's, it's a huge help to law enforcement in prosecuting um, traffickers um, when we follow the money and report it through the FinCEN SAR for human trafficking. Because FinCEN then, the way it works um, in, in the regulatory world is that SAR goes to law enforcement. So law mm. enforcement then searches, say, for now that we have the checkbox for human trafficking, law enforcement can now search under the checkbox for human trafficking to find the suspicious illicit activity. Oh, fabulous. So any idea how much this like how many cases have been brought forward because of this or how often this is used? I mean, is there any way of tracking that? I mean, and it's only been on for a little over a year, but yes. are, is there any way to kind of get numbers on how effective this has been? Well, it, it's a lot of regulatory. To share information is, 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 is by law. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's by law, it's by regulatory compliance. We don't always hear about, other than reading the newspaper, you know what I mean, right. about cases of rescue. We would have to go and, and basically look um, or attend a, a conference. Maybe a law enforcement is going to speak about a case. But, yeah, they're not going to come back to us and tell us more or less, you know, that this are resulted in the rescue unless we randomly hear about it. But we have filed that the financial crime industry has now that the fence and SAR has been updated for human trafficking, we have filed thousands of SARs on the horrific crime of human trafficking as a total industry. I'm talking depository, casinos, you know what I mean? My All goodness. the different types, right? Everyone is in the mix of, of reporting on human trafficking through the fence and SAR now with this checkbox. So no one can now look away from human trafficking in the financial world. They have to now sit Great. down and make sure that they're fighting it because if they don't and it falls through the cracks in their financial organization, they're subject to fines. We're talking millions of dollars in fines. Yes, oh, if they don't follow incredible. the money. Yes, and report on human trafficking and help stop the horrific crime of human trafficking. Because a lot of times what happens is once we see human trafficking, we, we will cancel it. We will report it through the SAR and then we'll move to cancel the accounts to right, try and stop right. the activity unless we, we get a request from law enforcement to keep the account open. Oh my gosh. So I don't have, yeah. So I don't have exact numbers of rescue, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that, um, I work with law enforcement on LinkedIn. We have a group called human trafficking investigators where we post articles every daily. Um, we are, we are 1800 strong worldwide of human trafficking investigators where we keep um, tabs on what's going on in the world of human trafficking on an international global perspective, where we look at the articles, we see the cases, we see who's getting arrested in what cities and what countries, what's going on, what are the trends? Mm. And we then go ahead and, and, and post the various articles um, on LinkedIn and human trafficking investigators. That helps me keep track of what, what is real time, what mm -hmm. is going on in, in the world today um, as, as for victims being rescued from the horrific crime of human trafficking. Wow. Wow, that is, that is really awesome, Joanne. Thank you. Thank you for spend. Thank you for your perseverance and just spending eight years uh, fighting for this and raising awareness. Uh, 
just such an amazing, an amazing way of tackling this horrible problem. And kudos to you for persevering <laughs> as long as you did. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me a voice oh, on this podcast. Yeah. I'm so very appreciative. And I hope that it'll encourage folks out there to really be motivated to analyze the financial, to investigate the financial data, to not look away, but to, to follow the money, to report on the horrific crime of human trafficking and to seek their own um, personal education so that, that they're more effective in mm. fighting this horrific global billion-dollar crime. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you again for, for just sharing your time today and your thoughts and your passion and your, your knowledge of financial, how this financial piece of it is such a huge part of, of not only the actual crime, but also a way that it can be prevented and can be identified. So thank you again. And for those of you watching or listening, thank you for joining us for this impact conversation. If you enjoyed this episode and would like more information about upcoming impact conversations, or you have a suggestion for a future guest, you can subscribe, join, and nominate by clicking on the link below. Thank you for joining us and continue looking for ways to positively impact our world. Don't forget to subscribe and join us next week for another impact conversation.